Minnesota Timberwolves are the most average team under the most amount of pressure this year in the NBA. 29 other GMs in the league are vultures circling, waiting for this team to not give rising star Anthony Edwards enough to keep him from asking for a trade or for the team to move on from either the most decorated big man since Dwight Howard or the greatest shooting big man of all time. The Oklahoma City Thunder are an incredibly interesting team for a variety of different reasons. Their youth, their rapid growth from bottom of the league to SGA is going to drop 30 on your head and Josh Giddy is just going to bully his way to the rim with a beautiful hair. Has been astounding. Welcome to B-Ball Bites. I'm Alexander J. Usually this is a five minute audio show, but today's episode is also available on YouTube as we look at a season preview across the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We can start looking at last year with the Timberwolves and they finished 42 and 40, ending up eighth in the West. This was without Carl Anthony Towns for 52 games. He had a calf strain that lingered and ruled him out over half of the season. That often discussed double big lineup with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns didn't get much run due to that absence. If you weren't paying attention in the offseason, Anthony Edwards may have taken that extra leap. He was the undisputed number one for the USA men's basketball team in the FIBA World Cup, averaging 19 points a game. He shot 48% for the tournament, including a 35-point game in defeat against Lithuania. Simply, he looked like a man against other smaller, less talented men and was rewarded to the All-Star World Cup team. As a 21-year-old last year in the league, Ant averaged 24.6 points per game, along with nearly 6 rebounds, 4.5 steals, and 2.3 stocks, enough for his first All-Star nod into the Western Conference. He improved his field goal percentage up 46% for the season. He took less threes as he drove and got within three feet of the basket for up to 30% of his shots. And he turned up the heat in the first round matchup against the eventual champions, the Denver Nuggets, averaging 31.6 points per game as a 21-year-old. In particular, he had a pretty good connection when old man Mike Conley was traded to the Timberwolves mid-year. The front court in Minnesota is an interesting problem for Ant. Playing Rudy Gobert and Carly Anthony Towns at the same time risks closing the operating space in the paint for Ant-Man. With Cat out so long last year, at least we got a good look about how Rudy Gobert and Ant pair together. Ant and Gobert were the second most used two-man combo for many last year. They played 1,600 minutes, and it was a fairly even pairing on all the advanced metrics. Even with Cat's injury, the threesome managed 460 minutes across the team, scoring about a half a point higher than opponents per 100 possessions, but shooting eight and a half less times. With the three of them on the floor at the same time, three-point attempts are down six times per 100 possessions, and turnovers also up six times per 100 possessions over the opponents as well. Also, a special shout out to Nas Reed when we're looking back at last year's team for the Timberwolves. He improved tremendously down the stretch. He averaged 16 points and 4.5 rebounds on 20 minutes a game across his final 10 games of the season before succumbing to a hand injury that ended his year. The 6'9 center was rewarded with a three-year $42 million contract past June, really complicating that center lineup for whatever Minnesota do moving forward. As we discussed, the Wolves pushed the eventual champions of Denver Nuggets to a fifth game in the first round, losing 4-1. Maybe the team that suffers the most from the increasing logjam in competitiveness in the Western Conference, Minnesota will be praying this is a good year. Rumors and projections have been circling since they made the audacious Rudy Gobert trade that shocked the league and reset the value of a first round pick, and consensus seems to be that, in a crisis, the Wolves would fetch more value from fishing Carly Anthony Towns than Gobert. For fans in the Twin Cities, I hope that doesn't happen, and for what it's worth, I think this team will improve on last year's result, especially if that double big lineup stays relatively healthy. Cat's ability and tendencies to push outside the paint pose an interesting matchup wrinkle that head coach Chris Finch may choose to exploit, especially if Rudy Gobert's giant mittens can hold onto an entry or a lob pass. 
It does bear mentioning that the Wolves do have a couple of other interesting pieces. Carl Anderson was more than okay for China in the FIBA appearance this summer. Pundits have been waiting four years for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, the cousin of Shea Gildas-Alexander, to improve just like his cousin. And Mike Conley is a grizzled vet who may have lost a defensive step from his peak, but he can still set the table when needed. I spoke to NBA nerd Yuri Bilsic earlier this week to discuss everything about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Joining me one more time to talk about everything Minnesota Timberwolves in about five minutes before the Zoom recording runs out. Yuri Bilsic, sports writer out of Perth. How are you, mate? Good, Alex. And another curious team, right? And one that just tends to deliver a lot of different waves. Let's get right to it. Uh, we've sp- Everyone has spoken about Ants growth and the threat this team could pose. I gave Denver a bit of trouble at the end of last year. Burning question for Minnesota. Are both Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns on this team next year? Oh, wow. The conundrum question, isn't it, Alex? I Probably not. Just for the whole spacing side of things for Timberwolves as well. It's just going to be a little bit of a logjam, especially at that center position anyway. Yeah, I, this is a really interesting team for me for a number of reasons. I think Anthony Edwards has obviously demonstrably gotten better and can unlock some stuff around this team. Nas Reed was so good last year before he broke his hand um, down the stretch of the season. Again, another logjam problem. You, where do you play him? Do you play him off the bench? Do you play him with one of your bigs? What do you do with Cat? I don't know what they're going to do. That's why I want to watch this team. It's also a really loaded West, and I think they're probably better than they were last year. Um, they've got some good talent around the team with McDaniels and uh, Kyle Anderson still there, I hope. I'm not getting that wrong. Um, what do you want to talk about with the Timberwolves? You've got four minutes till the Zoom recording runs out. Yeah, I think we should start off with how many wins they might generate this season, Alex. And yesterday we talked about they could win 48 or 49 games, depending, of course, on health, but offensively, they're fine. Defensively, that's where they get a little bit sporadic and tend to fluctuate. And we saw that in at different times during last season, especially that horror stretch, right? Where I think late in December, where they fell five games under 500, there was that really bad double digit loss they surrendered to against the Detroit Pistons. And Chris Finch didn't hold back on in terms of the team's accountability moving forward. Definitely all the capabilities to really make a splash, I think, Alex. Yeah, I, again, Loaded West, we've spoken at length about that before. I've got them in the upper ends of the play-in. I don't know if they've got the talent to get to six to be safe. What do you think? Oh, definitely think so, barring, of course, health and all that. Don't expect them to win 50 games. They haven't won 50 games since Kevin Garnett's MVP in 2004, which they won 58. They almost had that chance in 2017-18, barring Jimmy Butler's torn, well, MCO injury, which he heard at that point. But... Definitely think they're a real shot in it, though, Alex. That's just how loaded the Western Conference is this season. It's crazy, isn't it? Thanks again, Yuri, for joining me. As always, best of luck. We'll talk soon. No worries, Alex. Thank you for having me on. The Timberwolves line this year is set at 44 and a half, and that's one of five teams in the West with that line. I've got them at the over. I think they win three more games than last year in a difficult and improving conference. I have them finishing ninth in the West as a team fighting for the play-in. Again, it's a pretty loaded Western Conference this year. What do you think about the Wolves and both Cat and Gobert? Are they both going to be on this team next year? Let me know in the comments below while we move on to the Oklahoma City. Th- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thunder. Okay, look, first off the bat, I'm not predicting the Thunder will win 50 games this year, but if they do, I will not be surprised in the slightest. I recognize that I might be a little high on the Thunder, and I can attribute that to watching 15 OKC games back in March when I lost my job, and my love for both Canadian Shea Gildas-Alexander and the beautiful Josh Giddy. He's an Aussie, come on. Also, this team has two guys called Jalen Williams. How can you not fall in love with this team just off those facts already? When we look back at last year for OKC, it's only fair to start with SGA. The 24-year-old finished the season averaging 31.4 points per game on efficient shooting and finished fifth in MVP voting. Dude matured through the season, able to manipulate his dribble and cadence to get past defenders, and to the rim at a level that has me convinced he can access a fourth dimensional realm. He doesn't yet have a consistent three-point shot, the only B attribute I've noticed in his game. SGA shoots 34% for his career from deep. Josh Giddy's second year in the league finished with him averaging 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. That's not bad at all. A genuine triple-double threat, he improved his shooting from 42% to 48% from his rookie season, and showed late in the season and into the FIBA World Cup the threat of a competent three-pointer. He improved the three-baller, eight percentage points from his rookie season to nearly 33% last year. After the preseason injury to Chet Holmgren, who we'll mention again soon, the uncut gem emerged in the form of rookie Jalen Williams. That's J-Dub, the Santa Clara one, not Jalen Williams the other one. He finished the year giving Rookie of the Year Paolo Bancaro a bit of a run for his money, eventually finishing second in the voting there. He averaged 14 points a game on good efficiency, but averaged 19.8 points per game across 15 appearances in March. He really came into his own down the stretch if you weren't watching Oklahoma. The Thunder finished the season middle of the road for most advanced metrics, notwithstanding being 5th in the league for points per game, 4th in steals, and 6th in pace. Also notable despite being middle of the road rebounding themselves, the OKC opponents ranked first in the league for rebounding when they played Oklahoma, likely a symptom of not having a proper center last year. All of this year. As the 10th seed, they won an electric game against the New Orleans Pelicans in the play-in tournament before falling to Minnesota in the next game by 25 points. This offseason, the Thunder acquired Davis Bertrands by trade. They drafted Cason Wallace with a 10th pick in the draft and loaded up with some extra future draft capital by facilitating other trades. The total amount of picks over the next few years is frankly ridiculous, and it might honestly be an NBA history record. Current tallies are up to 15 first-round picks and 22 second-round picks over the next seven years, and frankly, they might need every single one of those, and you'll see why in a second. Highlights include the Rockets' first pick this year, which is protected 1 through 4, and the Clippers' unprotected pick in 2026. I think I'm excited! <laughs> I started to see some analysis and commentary start to grow around the possible need to trade Josh Giddy in the future for salary reasons, particularly as the collective bargaining agreement that's just come into play has further restricted teams' abilities to go over the salary cap. I think OKC is poised to use all of those draft assets I just mentioned as cheap labor like teams like Denver Nuggets are doing this year, or to flip them mid-year to find a decent three-point shooter if one becomes available on the market. This is a team that could press the go button now, and the lack of shooting is the only thing that really hurts this team as currently constructed. 
Well, that and the lack of a traditional center. Chet Holmgren has shown in the Summer League and preseason exhibition games that his upcoming rookie season is going to be a blast to watch, especially when you have SGA and Giddy anchoring the offense for him. Chet's extreme length at 7 feet allows him to contest anywhere remotely close to the basket and to cut baseline for almost unblockable dunks off of crafty bounce passes or the lob. I'm sure Chet would be a talking point this year no matter where he played, but the gravity of SGA, Josh Gideon, even Jalen Williams should allow him to thrive in this role. He's currently $4.20 odds for Rookie of the Year, and I'd take a look at that too. This team, as I've said, doesn't have a traditional center. There's three legit seven-footers though in Holmgren, Alexei Pokashevsky, and Frenchman Oliver Saar, who's on a two-way contract. But my hunch is they'll bet on outscoring opponents with that quick pace of play I mentioned, and by gaining extra possessions in the passing lane with long arms. They did add Davis Bertans, a career 40% shooter, to help address the spacing issues I project they'll face, but they remain an immensely interesting young team. But these are just my thoughts. Let's bring on a guest to hear their perspective on the Thunder. Welcome back to the show, the CEO of Sports Confidential, Jack Brophy. Hey, mate, how you going? Great. It's great to be back on again and dive into another team. Where do we go? This is a team that also got Davis Bertans in the offseason as well. So tell me where you want to start with OKC and we'll just go with the flow. Well, it goes through potential and we've spoken about it with other teams and I'm sure you've spoken about it through B-Ball Bites plenty of times. And a lot of teams you go, okay, we want to see potential. We want to see growth. We want to see them get into the top eight, which is the, the eight seed, make the playoffs and be that sort of a team. But for me, when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, they need that spike in potential to arrive this year. But I don't actually think that they've got it. I, don't, I think the West is a lot harder than what you think. And I, they finished 10th last year, and I think they're going to be around the exact same again. People are going to want to see that spike. And I think SGA obviously has that great ability to become a, a top five player in the league at least. But for the rest of them, I think it drops off and the, the depth really isn't there just yet. So it's a bit of a weird take because a lot of people have them really being in the playoffs. But I don't think that they're there yet. Yeah, they've got some roster construction issues. Like um, Chet Holmgren is their center and they don't really have a standard or a traditional huge big man to back him up. So if he misses any time or like his size, he can get just destroyed by the Steven Adams and the Nikola Jokic's of the world. But they also don't have a lot of three-point shooting. Like SGA doesn't shoot that great. Josh Giddey's not a great three-point shooter. I liked what I saw in the FIBA World Cup from him. He was confident, but not a great shooter. You're probably onto something. This is a team that has all the potential in the world but has the growth been stifled for a year or two? Is this a team that needs more time? Yeah, and I think that's also dangerous as well because blokes that are in that system that they go, okay, they expect these things to happen, might go, hey, I want to leave here now and go straight to a contender. I'm starting to reach my prime and I think that I can do that. So I think if you, you bang on about the three-point shooting. Uh, Lou Dort today, a bit of high praise for him though. He was five from nine three points and had 24 points total in the preseason game today. And I know Kevin Durant has been massive on Lou Dort. So if Kevin Durant's a big fan of him, he must be all right. But I think he's got to have a year where he becomes that real next step up player as well. If he wants to solidify himself, not only in the starting five, but for them to become a contender themselves. I think you might've already answered my burning question. It was, does this team have enough three point shooting to like threaten the contenders? My answer is no. And I have a feeling yours is no as well. Yeah, mine's no as well. Like I said, Lou Dort was okay today, but it really drops off after there. And I don't think he really shoots the ball that often from the three anyway, because he's such a big frame. But yeah, for me, they're going to be in a bit of strife. I think both the J-Dub and J-Will, as they are nicknamed, are still um, developing players as well. And I don't think they're as close to being stars as what people think that they are. Davis Bertans could have the year of his life and we could both be wrong, Jack. So thanks for coming on. And I guess we'll see. Thanks for having me on again, Alex.
Just looking at my notes in the line, it's set at 44.5 for this team, which is five wins higher than last year. I think that's a pretty good line. I have them as an over, and probably the second best of those five teams Vegas has penciled into that line in the West. Given the strength of the Western Conference, I predict that it's probably going to be an 8-10 logjam in the play-in for Oklahoma City Thunder, although this is the one team I probably want to see higher than my prediction. I really want to see this team do well. What do you think about the Thunder? Again, let me know in the comments. Hit subscribe for all of the preview videos that will be coming out over the next week ahead of the NBA season. See you guys later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.